0: Hi, I'm Melanie Huggard. Welcome to Eavesdropping, a conversation between two life consultants where we talk about the questions that can be scary. These are conversations that spark curiosity, insight, perspective, and breakthrough. This podcast might trigger you, and I actually hope that it does. I hope that it triggers you into growth. Let's dive in. Hi friend, I'm so excited that you're listening today because we're going a little bit off script where I'm having somebody a little bit different come join us and I'm really excited about this. She is a podcast host of the Friday Reporter podcast and um, her name is Lisa Camuso Miller. Welcome Lisa.
1: Melanie, it's so good to be with you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited that you came on. I'm really stoked. Um There's like the little 10-year-old in me that used to want to be a reporter that's excited to talk to you.
1: (laughs) That's why I started a podcast.
0: (laughs) Same. Totally same. (laughs) So funny. So funny. And um, just, you know, for the friend listening, I want to say like they should go check out your podcast if they're interested in reporting and politics, if they're interested in how some of that behind-the-scenes stuff works. I listened to some of your episodes and I was like, Oh, this is kind of fun. And so um I could see listening to your podcasts like on um, road trips and like long commutes and things like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried to make you know what's so funny and, and what I love, thank you, thank you, because we're both yeah. part of this like women's networking group about female podcasters, which yes I also have listened in to your conversations and I think it's just a great it's just a great venue for us to be sharing yes. thoughts, getting ideas. Really, mm-hmm. I mean I love your, uh, your podcasts run quite a bit of a different range. Some are really short and thoughtful Some yeah. are go, go a little bit longer conversation. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I've modeled my conversation. So I started the podcast a year and a half ago. The work I do okay. is in public affairs and, and public yeah. speaking yeah. and I couldn't get out to talk to anybody. And I oh. was like, I'm just going to start talking into this microphone and hope my father or my sister will listen, you know? <laughs> and so, um, but I started interviewing journalists and I started with journalists. I know here inside I'm in in the Washington DC area. Yeah. But at the end of every conversation, I asked them to recommend a journalist from somewhere else. So the network continues to grow. So I've talked to folks that are on the West coast. Yes. Uh, i talked to some folks who've reported from Las Vegas. I've talked to some people in the new, like New York and New Jersey. So yeah. it's kind of a, I'm just sort of making my way around the, uh, the country talking to folks about, I think, I think it's kind of interesting because I think, um, you know, we all consume information. You know, your podcast yeah, is like did. sharing like thoughts and insights and how we can be more authentic and how we can mm-hmm. sort of I, like, connect and make those. And that's, it's actually very, very similar to the way I approached my podcast. I was trying to give people access yeah. to folks that they don't necessarily usually talk to. And that's yeah. really kind of how the the
0: concept yeah. came together.
1: I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah. And you are a public speaking and media coach. That's and right. you, you do that with executives and professionals that are looking to advance their presentation skills, which is kind of what I want you to come on and talk a little bit about today is public speaking and maybe even like, um, you know, I have clients who are survivors of trafficking.
1: Yes. And maybe yes. you could
0: give tips on how they don't get re-exploited when the media is asking them questions and yeah, things like that. And so, um, I think everyone, whether they've been suffered a trauma like that, we all have maybe ways that we could be exploited in our story. Yeah. And, um, but Absolutely. we also want to be vulnerable and open and, and we're open books, maybe too much, right? Mm.
1: I, yeah. That's yeah. my problem, I know. So. Well, I, I listened to your story just the other day about um, the credit card scam and oh, yeah. the conversation that you shared with your audience just a few days ago. Yeah. And, you know, I love that you bring up the fact that, so the, the people that I coach are typically here inside of Washington, D.C., who are people yeah. that, that are speakers. Yeah. But I've also done a lot of training for women, in general that maybe want to run for elected office. And that is not just, not big offices, small offices, neighborhood, you know, town councils. I give a lot of advice to a lot of people about um, finding their own voice, right? And that the point that I, as I was going through some of the work that you're doing with these tremendous survivors is that their unique voice is they are experts. I mean, they—they mm-hmm. they probably, mm-hmm. because they're working through these traumatic experiences, and because yeah. there's—it's so much to really take on. The one thing I would say to those folks is, hang in there, um, mm-hmm. because their unique voice are going—they're going to be the voices that are going to help transform that whole community of of survivors and heroes mm-hmm. that are making mm-hmm. it through that time, and so. The one thing I say always to my my the folks that I coach, uh, and a lot of times it is women. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'll be totally frank, women are more coachable in this yeah. space. Uh yeah. no disrespect to the dudes out there, but they are not <laughs> as easy to coach. I can uh, see that. And a lot of times, and this is I think more of a sort of speaks to the way that gender uh come to conversations in general, is that mm-hmm. you know, women sort of come to these conversations and feel as if uh, maybe we're an imposter, right? I'm sure you've talked before. I know yes. we, you and I talked to me when we did the preview. Yeah, that imposter syndrome is this really real thing that happens yes. no matter yes. what. And it's yeah. whether you're talking to an audience, mm-hmm. when you're in a town meeting, if you're at the PTA, you know, really, like, these are yeah. conversations we're having everywhere. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I try to remind everybody that I that I work with is that, your unique voice and your unique story makes you mm-hmm. an expert about you and yeah. no one else knows but you.
0: Yes, exactly. So good. So when you um, when you address like, you know, the importance of authenticity in public appearances, whether that's the PTA versus I'm going to do a TED talk, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: what are some of the tips you give people? Okay. So this is, I think, it's commonsensical to me. And when yes. I say it, I think you're going to, you're going to feel that way too. Um, I try to remind when, wherever it is and whenever it is, whether it's the local meeting or it's before, you know, a big group of folks, no matter what you want to try to identify, um, clothes that make you feel great. Oh, like I love that. so if you feel really great in a dress or like a jacket that just makes you feel awesome think about okay. when you okay. go out when you yeah. get yourself together and you're on your way out either for a date or for a you yeah. know a night out or when you get yourself organized into something that makes you feel terrific It Mm -hmm. shows, it shows in your confidence. It shows in your face. It shows in the way you interact with people because you just feel great. And so that's one of those authenticity reminders. Mm -hmm. I always give people is wear something that makes you feel great, terrific, Mm -hmm. good, skinny, whatever it is that makes you feel good, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think that that alone just gives you that extra level of confidence when you approach a room because you say, this is my favorite jacket and yeah. I'm going to wear it and I'm going to feel good about it. And that's, it's sometimes it's just so, um, it's a little bit psychological and yes, a lot it of it, a lot of it of aesthetics, like what makes you feel like you're going to do your very best.
0: Yeah. It's so good because it's like, um, I remember seasons when I was a young mom with younger kids. Now all mine are grown hmm. um, and out of the house, but when they were around in the house and I was, A stay-at-home mom right Mm -hmm. I didn't put that effort into to to do those things right and when I look back at that time in my life um I really think that would have affected me greatly Mm -hmm. if I just would have given some me time and some extra care into liking what I was wearing instead of just the t-shirt and the shorts and let's go throw my hair up on top of my head
1: Right. And we still do that, but, and even, and it doesn't have to be something super expensive. It doesn't have to be, but you know, I, I, I too, I have kids that are teenagers and I look back on those times. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're exhausted when you have little, (laughs) you're exhausted. And, (laughs) and if you have anything else going on in your life, whether it's at home or, or, you know, personal, there's so much that happens when they're little, it's really hard to get up and like put on like something that makes you feel great. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be anything super extra special. No, but even if it's no. just like I said, just a great, great sweatshirt, great. Yeah, something that reminds you of a good fun time or like a, yeah. or a vacation, right? Yeah, that alone is is just enough of that boost that yeah. you need to be able to just express yourself a little better. Mm-hmm. But you know, look, I mean, I, we were both young moms. So we know it's hard. Yeah. That's the hardest hard. time. It Until is. you get to teenagers. I mean, I yeah. guess I don't well, know. And
0: you're, let's be honest. You're exhausted with teenagers too. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Um, my one friend, she's always um, putting effort in. She's like, even if my effort is shorts and a t-shirt, but I throw on a, some kind of lip color that makes sure. me happy. Yeah. And um, I have a necklace that I like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be dressy all the time but it's something that speaks to her. I have another friend who will make sure her nails are done, whether she's wearing makeup and her hair's done or not, her nails are
1: always done. Right. (laughs) I like to joke that I, uh, I have lots of these little, it's, it's what, I don't know what it's like where you are, but in Washington DC, it's about 110 degrees always, (laughs) except in the December it's always hot here. (laughs) So I have a fleet of these like inexpensive, like, dresses that I got at target, right? So they're just easy breezy things. They make me feel just a little bit better. Because after a while, workout clothes really were starting to look like pajamas. And I had to like, yes. So those are the kinds of things I think, Melanie, that, um, you know, even for folks that are coming, coming out of trauma or working through these difficult, difficult times, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. a small reminder to themselves that something small that you can do for yourself. Yeah. um, to make yourself feel just a little bit better about you really, really is a huge boost. And it's a boost because, because it's you, you're being your authentic and true self. You're more yeah. likely to, to speak up. You're more likely to feel a little more confident. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like such a small thing, but I promise it's like, it's my first ad- piece of advice to, to all of the women that I work with because, it, and everybody sort of says, Oh, well, that's kind of easy. I could do that. You know, cause yeah. you've got something in your closet they you love. So you yeah. can kind of do that. Yeah.
0: So what's another tip you would give if someone is trying to find their authentic voice and speaking out for the first time on something, even if it's as little as like, oh, I I don't normally speak up when I'm in my group of friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or when I'm around all the moms from school and we're at the PTA meeting, um, I'm always quiet.
1: I think the other the one other piece of advice that I think is, is important and I sometimes we forget it. Mm-hmm. If you intend to speak up in a conversation with a friend or you intend to uh, speak up in a, in a, in a room full of, you know, if it's the town council, if you're advocating for your child in a meeting mm-hmm. with the leadership at the school, whatever the interaction is, promise yourself that you'll take a few minutes to write down the three key points you mm-hmm. want to make. Mm-hmm. And not just to write them, but also to read them back to yourself. And and maybe sometimes even I like to stand in front of a mirror mm-hmm. and say mm-hmm. it a few times because then I Good. can envision myself speaking up yeah. and saying the words that I want to say. And I think Good. that that helps people because number one, you've thought it out, you've mm-hmm. written it down. It doesn't take, but I mean, it really doesn't take very much time. Yeah, but it does give you the confidence to say the words the way you want to say them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's nothing harder and I, 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 I having being a podcaster, being a, a woman who's got your own business and you've got your own clients, yeah. you know, this too. Sometimes when we go into a cold conversation and we don't kind of write in advance, the things we want to say, yeah, we reflect back after and say, what is it that I said? Yeah. Right. And I, and even if you can riff off of those three points, you know that you've said those three important points. Right. And that's that's something that I think is just, and it's a confidence builder. You know, you're wearing your great jacket. You've got your three points yeah. you want to say, or two, maybe it's just one point. It doesn't have yeah. to be, three is not yeah. the magic number. But right. I do think that writing it down, saying it out loud, encouraging you know yourself in the mirror, mm-hmm. like, I got this, right? I can yeah. say this out loud. Yeah. It may still come off a little bit clunky as you first get started speaking yeah. up and saying these yeah. things, but I do think that a little bit of practice goes a very, very long way. Yeah.
0: So good. I, I so agree. Tell me, um, as you're talking, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm curious, like, when was a time that you, because as a reporter, I'm sure you've been in lots of places and circles and with people that you're like, you could have questioned, do I belong here? Right? Mm-hmm. Like that imposter syndrome coming in questioning, mm-hmm. like, do I belong here? Um, how have you navigated
1: that when that pops up? Well, it is very hard. Mm-hmm. It is very hard, and I and it's hard in a in the business that I'm in. There are there are a lot of men that do this kind of communication yeah. work here in Washington yeah. D.C. So I am. I stand five feet tall. I'll be fifty this Me year. Me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I'm surrounded by a room of six foot tall men. Yes. So it's hard not to really sort of be like, Oh no, what have I stepped <laughs> into? And I, honestly, I, and it's, it's, it may sound kind of cliche, but I like to take a few minutes before I walk into a room like that and practice a little bit of mindfulness. Nice. I really do. I like to take nice. a moment and center myself, remind myself why I'm there. Yeah. And the other thing is to ri- remind myself that I oftentimes am arriving at something that I have been invited to. Like so it's, good. it's not as if you're crashing in and you're yeah. the, you're the, the you know party crasher. Mm-hmm. You've been invited to be there for a reason. People really want you there. Yeah. So, but I do think that taking a moment to be mindful and just centering your breath, even it doesn't have to be a full meditation, but yep. something that yep. helps you get back to your center and walk into the room with just a small bit of confidence. That I think that that really, to me, is really the one thing that reminds me, even if I walk in and say, wow, I'm surrounded by a bunch of really tall, handsome yes. dudes and I'm this <laughs> young, not probably the same age as them, but because I'm short, I look like I'm younger. <laughs> Uh, I feel like a child in the room of adults. And I have to remind myself that, you know, I have 30 years of experience talking about these important issues. And I've trained a lot of people to be very successful in their public speaking, in their conversations with media and reporters. Um, And so that I think mindfulness, I still come back to is kind of my, that's my Mm go-to and how I remind myself that I'm going to be just okay.
0: That's great. Yeah. You're, you're actually tapping into some nervous system regulation when you do that, too. So you're like getting your nervous system to calm down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I have so many questions. I'm trying to catch. I'm like, which question do I want to ask <laughs> <laughs> I'm also really excited that you're five foot because that's I'm five foot
1: too. <laughs> Short girls unite. I love it. Yeah, short <laughs>
0: girls unite. So tell me, um, how did you get into
1: this line of work? So I went to school. Uh, well, I like to joke that I'm in communications because I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> <laughs> However, yeah, you do have to write a budget when you have clients. So yes, um, you do. <laughs> I started, you know, I started, I, I got a, my undergraduate degree in communications and mm-hmm. I had gone to school not far from the state house in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I got lucky enough to get a very entry level role in state government, learning yeah. how to write speeches, learning how to write press releases, sort of fundamental communications concepts. Uh huh. And uh, over the course of time, I had worked uh, seven years in, uh, in New Jersey government and New Jersey politics, mm-hmm. and a uh, great place to learn how to do it because um, there's no media market in New Jersey. So the way that New mm. Jersey is built, uh, if you live in North Jersey, you your media comes from New York City. And if you live in uh-huh. South Jersey, your media comes from Philadelphia. Crazy. So there, there are no only, idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and it's what I feel like... There are reporters that that are New Jersey newspapers and there are Mm -hmm. some New Jersey networks. um, But for the most part, we compete with the two largest media outlets in the country to make to make news. So it challenged me to be thoughtful about the way that I told stories for my uh, for the folks that I worked for. Uh And then I moved to Washington, D.C. I had worked for the governor of New Jersey during 9-11. And oh, wow. uh, we were in New York. Uh, the governor, obviously, Trenton is even closer in proximity to Manhattan than uh, Albany, New York. Yeah, yeah. And so we actually um, were in New York City, Manhattan, for for much of that time, helping with wow. rescue and recovery. Wow. And it was at that point that I thought it would make really great sense to consider going to Washington DC. It Thank helped you. that my boyfriend and now my husband for almost 20 years uh, lived here at the time. Yeah. But that was that was kind of how I got here. And wow. you know just have been very lucky to be um I've worked in some government roles, I've worked in some political roles. I really like being on the client side now too Melanie cuz you know you know with with kids and with a full life mm-hmm. you need a little predictability in your calendar and that's yeah. why the coaching for me has become something that I just, I love doing it so much and it's because you can really see people grow and, and, and perform in a way that they're really proud of the work that they've put in. And it doesn't take, it's not, you don't need to go back to school for this, right? We just, we work together for a period of time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a half a day. Sometimes it's a series of training through the course of a month or two.
0: Um,
1: but that is re- so rewarding to me. Like, I can really see people learn and grow and feel good about themselves mm-hmm. in a way that you can't really always, not every job has that great advantage.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I I do appreciate that. And um, the impact is, it's fun to get to be part of such a big impact for people's lives.
1: I'm sure you feel that way in the work that you do. Yeah, There's, you, you can do. really affect some remarkable change for people who yeah. really are seeking it out. Yeah. So
0: 9-11 was partly why you moved to. It like, is. Why you got into what you got
1: into. That's right. As yeah. a reporter
0: in DC. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't, I, so j- just to, um, just to footnote, I myself am not necess- I am not a journalist. But mm-hmm. I interview journalists. So I okay. called myself, I called my podcast, The Friday Reporter, uh-huh. because my husband and I were, you know, our kids of the eight were well er, born earlier than that, but we're products of the 80s. And we were laughing that it was like the Freaky Friday podcast <laughs> because it was a, a public affairs person interviewing the journalists, whereas yes. ordinarily it's okay. the other way around. I decided Freaky was not going to make it into the, into the the name of the show uh, because I didn't want to get into any of that. But um, so I called it the Friday reporter because it was, it's a, it's a switch, right? So it's me in the communication space, interviewing, interviewing journalists. And, you know, I also felt like um, so much of the narrative in the world. I mean, I think people naturally are sort of distrustful and, um, Mm prone to dislike journalism. Yeah. But it really is uh, a practice that allows all of us to really know what's happening, right? I mean, what's yeah. happening with with the with the victims that you're working through and, and the journalists that, that are connecting with them and talking to them. And I always felt like the journalists I was lucky enough to work with were really, mm-hmm. really good actors. They were really yeah. good at the work that they did. And I wanted to display some of that. And so that's how that conversation came together. And that's why I think that the work in the work that you do with the, with the, the victims, um, with them thinking about the words they want to use before they have a conversation and putting something on that makes them feel just a little bit more confident. Mm
0: -hmm. That's the
1: way that those, those opportunities can really be more, more valuable and Mm -hmm. they will feel less taken advantage of.
0: Yeah, that's great. Tell me, what do you think, between, like, the public and the media, what do you think it's going to take to repair, like, have the public trust the media more?
1: I think, I think because there are so many places we can get our information, yeah. um, we no longer rely on our local newspaper Uh, as our sole source of information right we go to the websites that we find to be most aligned with our values true. and we go to um locations where where we are hearing the things that we want to hear Mm -hmm. i think it's going to take take time for us to get through this this is a growth period I don't think we're yeah. ever going back to the time when the guy has got the little cap on his head that says press and everybody shakes his hand and yeah. gives them a donut on the way or whatever it is. <laughs> um, I think we're, I think we're traveling through a, a growth period where people mm-hmm. are going to uh, appreciate maybe their own journalists, journalists that are telling them their stories that they want to hear. Yeah. And, and that alone is, is okay. But we do, mm-hmm. I still very firmly believe that journalism is um, it's an important check in the balance of, of government mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. corporations and and really the people they deserve to know what's happening
0: mm, they do i
1: think i think it's important as somebody consuming
0: media to like i actually work really hard to not listen to one biased side that's right even if um I have a certain belief or something.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I purposely seek out opposing sides because I feel like I'll get a better balanced understanding. Sure. Um, which also makes me a better coach. Um,
1: (laughs) mean, I, and I think that that's, but not everybody does that. Right. I mean, but you obviously are seeking out the truth, right? You want to try to get a balance and that's fantastic, but not everyone is doing that. And I think that we're, like I said, I think that everything feels very uncomfortable right now, uh, yeah. politics. And it's yeah. just, it's a really difficult time in general. It everyone is. says, when are we going to get back to where we were? And I always say, gonna oh, we're going to, we're going to arrive at what's next. Right. Cause yeah. history will tell us that we are. We're so I say that to people to offer hope that I yeah. think that we are in a growth period. It's uncomfortable change is Definitely uncomfortable. We know that right. As, mm-hmm. as adults, um, But I do think that having that conversation and sharing some of that point of view uh, from my point of my perspective as a podcast host has been really fun. It's been really fun. And a lot of people that I work with that, you know, I was going to call that journalist and I was going to pitch them on a story. I'm so glad you did that. Now I know how to put that pitch together so that they might care about my story a little more. That's Um, great. So that's kind of the value that that's been providing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Well, Lisa, I'm really
0: excited that you came on today. I would love for you to share anything that you have that you want people to know. Number one, listening to your podcast, The Friday Reporter. But what else do you have going on that you, you think people should know about
1: in connecting with you or any products and services that you offer? Well, I am trying to be a little bit more thoughtful about putting out a, a newsletter or a blog. I mean, you have great content on your site. The the work that you're doing is awesome. I mean, I, I learned so much just doing our research before we had our conversation today. Oh, so you. when folks, um, if, they, if they want to learn more about the podcast, the website mm-hmm. is FridayReporter.com. And on there, if there's a thought or an interest or something, feedback that they've got for me, my email is right on the, right on the page. So they should email mm-hmm. me directly and ask me some questions. I'm happy to be a resource for, for your listeners.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Before we end, I want to do some random questions at you. All right. That, that I haven't pre-thought, Okay. but they're just for fun. It's from this, um, this deck of cards here. It's the best self, um, prompts. And so there's, nine categories or sorry six categories dreams exposed beliefs courage life lessons and self awareness okay um is there one of those topics that you want me to pull from or you want me to just pull from any i'll let you pull okay i'm gonna pull from random let's see there we go let's see what this one is and the rule is you're allowed to pass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just so you know. I can take hard questions. Let's see. What, what is it?
0: <laughs> oh, as a child, what rules were made to be broken? I bet you got some good stories on that. Well,
1: I will say my father and my sister will both tell you this. we will <laughs> confirm. That of the two children, my sister and myself, I was the one that was um, creative is not the right word. Liar is not a nice way to put it, but I was really good at telling a story. Let's say that. Yeah. Uh, And so uh, bending the truth uh, to keep myself out of trouble, I would say that that was probably uh, one of the rules that I found easier to bend than others. Yes, that's
0: great. I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm gonna do dreams next. Let's see. Random card. Where in your life are you making unhelpful assumptions? Might be hard to answer. I think that that
1: might take you me know, some time to think about. No, but you know, I think I'm not sure they're unhelpful assumptions. But there is a lot of time lost in the middle of the night worrying about those two teenagers that live in my house. Uh, yeah, yeah. And not that they—they're good kiddos, but you know, mm-hmm. you just like one of them's getting ready to get his driver's license, and the other one's mm-hmm. getting ready to go to high school, and mm-hmm. those are big moves, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. I have—I'm working very hard, Melanie. If you got any tips for <laughs> this worried mama over here, I'd be happy for them. Yeah, um, I think that. I have to remind myself more often that yeah. you should not let your mind go to the worst case. Yeah. Because if you, if you tell yourself that things are going to work out the way they are supposed to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then you can have a little bit more confidence and maybe sleep a little better. In the, in
0: the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have found that worry is a nice way to say afraid.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it is. It is. Um, Um, Anytime I've, as a mom, made decisions from fear, it's never been a good choice. And I, for me personally, I get protective when I get afraid. Uh And so I get protective. And that, that turns out bad in all the wrong ways. And my kids end up not thriving underneath that. Interesting. And so I have to, when I look back... For me, the shift was, oh, I have more fear about what could happen than I do faith in my kid.
1: And that's an interesting point.
0: And what could happen,
1: right? Yes. yes. So
0: I started putting a rule on myself that if I'm going to be afraid of something and spend time worrying about something, I also have to do the opposite and imagine the best case scenario as well.
1: That's good advice. Yeah. That's really good advice. Great. Great. Well, Lisa, thank you again for coming on. Melanie, you and you, I'm gonna have you on my show too. We're gonna do some cross promotion. I want to talk about the book. I want to talk about all the cool things you and your daughter are putting together. You guys are. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna glean all of the wisdom from you because someday I would really love to write something. Awesome. I I want all the advice I can get from your from your practice. So I'm looking forward to that conversation.
0: That's exciting. All right. Well, thank you friend for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye. Hey, I wanted to let you guys all know that uh, sessions are open with me. So My books are open. If you've been wanting to book sessions with me, you can do that at MelanieHugger.com. Also, while you're there, you can sign up for my email so that you're notified when the book that I've been writing with my daughter is complete and launched. We have some fun things planned for that, book clubs and other things. So if you want to be in the know about that, sign up for that email list. And for the sessions, if you're wondering if we're even a fit and how that would work, we can book a discovery call. It's just a 10 minute call. You can check that out at MelanieHugger.com as well. Thanks for listening.